Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, fellas! And we're off. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with JJ and Ryan. Hello. What's up? Here we go. All right. So we've been having a bunch of podcasts here where it's up and down, up and down. They look good. They look bad. But either way, it's been tight. And then this is one of those games where you could you could have walked away at halftime and been like, done. Yeah. Finished. Over. Didn't see anything. I mean, we went into this game mm-hmm. talking about how the Patriots have more um, veteran presence. They have a better coaching staff. And the Chargers have the worst coaching staff. And more talent. So what's going to win? The brains of the brawn. And like, holy shit, is Belichick worth way more than Anthony Lynn? Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty impressive win all around. Uh, the coaching, just our coaching killed him. Like, did I say that it was going to come down to coaching? Maybe I did. Uh, Any, anybody could have said that. <laughs> Anyways, the most impressive thing was the goose egg. Giving him zero points uh today's nfl i mean this offense to give them get zero points to get them against them is quite impressive uh huge that's definitely some kind of boost for the patriots especially their defense to gain that get that kind of momentum and just you know really be able to suck the soul out of the team right there you know what i mean i mean it looked like in the fourth quarter they were done they'd quit they were ready to get the hell out of there so i would i would say it looked like that at halftime um yeah that's well, that's the first time we've really seen the Patriots get a big lead, and especially early on, and what they can do with it. And it looked like as soon as the Chargers got down, especially after the punt return, um, and then even more so at at uh, the stroke of halftime with McCourty running the ball back, uh, the blocked field goal, it looked like they were pretty much done. Um, everyone seemed to have quit except for Kenneth Murray on their defense. Yeah, we, we were chatting before the podcast about him. We'll, we'll get to him in a minute but just just the way that this game broke down pats come out with a a long offensive drive ends up in a touchdown uh to start the game takes like seven minutes and it it was one of those ones where they they clearly leaned on damian harris and the things that they can do well ultimately cam newton punches that in with his legs but that they haven't started a game well in a while so it's like they start it right there the the chargers come down they they try to match it they end up missing a field goal and then it's it's like a little bit, okay, we're up by seven. They look like they've established something on offense. We end up punting on a three and out. Force a three and out. Olszewski returns the kick for a touchdown. They never look back right there. Special teams, right. massive, massive. Massive. Uh, the, the, oh, you got the, it. Uh, the first drive, it was nice to see them doing some different things with Damian Harris. They gave him a screen pass. They gave him a couple direct snaps, or at least one direct snap. And then... Um, just some regular runs, and it was, like, very unpredictable from what they've been doing, and it worked well. Yeah, Damian's been killing it. Uh, 16 carries for 80 yards doesn't look as impressive as some of the runs were. I mean, they kind of filtered Sony in there throughout the game, too. Um, But the punt return, special teams, man. Finally, all this money we've invested and all these special teams players we've kept all over the, you know, in the roster over other players that we did cut, it's like, when are these guys? When are we going to start seeing that come together? And this was, you know, kind of the coming out party for that. Gunner, seeing him out there, he's got his a ton of shit. Everyone gave him so much shit the past couple of weeks for the third one carry last week, and everyone, oh my god, we gave this guy third and one carry, and we were shitting all over him. And then he comes back, he runs 
what was it like three or punt punts for like 140 yards or something punt returns he should he should have had two touchdowns in the last two games really right yeah and then another big one in this game uh he he gets afc special teams player of the week well deserved the the Funny. thing with uh you ne- you never see us give up punt return yardage and the the thing that de- goes without uh much mention when you're watching these games is Matthew Slater on one side, Justin Bethel on the other side. Are we have the best pair of gunners I think I may have ever seen. Like I, I don't yeah. know if you could oh, you I agree. Know, sculpt up a better pair of gunners. They totally shut down the the punt teams from from the opposition from getting downfield. That's why you see Olszewski fielding these punts with like twenty yards in front of him. Nobody is sitting here saying he's an athletic marvel. But if you got twenty yards in front of you, you got a little shiftiness, you can make some shit happen. And then, conversely, on the other side, they're on top of people when they're fielding punts all the time. How many fair catches? How many times are they just like, well, screw it. You know, nobody yeah. blocked Justin Bethel on this play. Like, I, I uh, guess yeah. I'll fair catch it. I mean, it's constant. They just, they're getting like 10 yards of field position every change of possession just because those two guys are so dominant. Yeah, that would be uh, great if punt, we continue that, man. Our punt coverage, and not just the coverage, our punter has been like one of the best in the league all season. So it's nice to see on the other side, when we're getting the ball, we're starting to do some things as well. We have pretty good special teams right now. And uh, Folk nice. has been awesome as well. Yeah, Folk killing it. Folk's got a couple and game-winning kicks so didn't far need this it season. This, yeah, didn't really need it this game at all. Um, but yeah, it, how, I mean, it just feels fantastic. You know, fucking great to see an actual football product again where it's like, the offense is actually, you know, Cam only threw for 69 yards, so it's not like it was the most functional offense of all time. But they got it done. You know, like you said, Rye, the, the direct snap to Damian Harris, these, and, you know, and then Cam being out wide and kind of that just misdirection, like, hey, we're, we, got, we come in really big. Can you stop it? Do you have the personnel to stop it? And, you know, the positive about that is, uh, you know, a lot of teams aren't built to stop that. These, and even if you load the box, nine guys, they were still able to run on them. You know, totally. I mean, linebackers are getting smaller and smaller. Defensive tackles are starting to look more and more like Aaron Donald and less like Vince Wilfork. It's right. The, the game is moving in that direction, and the Patriots' offense moving in the opposite direction, where they have a <laughs> defensive end playing quarterback. Uh, it's good to see Sony Michelle get back out there, get his feet wet. You can see a very obvious difference. In him it's versus ridiculous. Damian Harris. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, definitely. It's a very apparent difference between the two guys. But they, they have compliment, or like similar skill sets, so they can give each other spells and we can still run the same type of plays, which is mm-hmm. nice. And, and this, this game, I mean, it was 21-0. And then right before halftime, they, they decide, how, how long was this field goal that they decided to kick? 58-yarder. You're gonna you're down twenty one nothing. I'm gonna kick a fifty eight yarder. Like that's gonna make a big difference. Of course, it yeah. gets blocked. We return it for a touchdown. Shades of Antoine Harris in the two thousand one AFC Championship game against the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, just throwing that out there for the nerds. Nice. And yeah. then, you know it's twenty eight nothing at halftime. Team totally gave up. Seemed like everybody on the Chargers gave up except for Kenneth Murray, their inside linebacker, rookie out of Oklahoma, stud, first round pick. 6'3", 240, we are talking about him before the show. It's just like he's got energy, he hits, he, he can run sideline to sideline. He's everything oh, yeah. the Patriots would need he's a linebacker. He's a, he's a true three-down linebacker, too. He played every single one of their snaps. In, in coverage, um, 
and against the run. He's, he just pops up everywhere. He seems to be at the end of every play. He's a good player, man. And it's too bad we weren't able to get him this year, but um, yeah, I think I think he went 23, so we weren't able to, to do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Murray, 12 solo t- uh, tackles, a sack, two tackles for a loss. He was all over the place. Uh, but our, you know, our rookies on defense, finally, you know, or the younger guys, did start stepping up. You see Uche, you know, gets a sack. Jennings is out there not looking completely lost, finally. Uh, Duggar is turning into something. I'm not exactly yeah. sure what role they have him. Like, they got him in that tweener linebacker covering tight ends and running backs role, which I think is good. But the dude could play. He's athletic. He, he belongs out there. It's, it's good to see. He's Yeah, he seems like basically just a run support safety. We saw him in coverage. It wasn't pretty. Um, so hopefully we can get some more snaps and practice with that. Uh, it was nice that we finally got to see a lot more of Uche and Jennings. Uh, Uche got 36 snaps. Jennings got 44. Those guys with the lead, we kind of put the Chargers in into um, passing situations. They had to pass on us, you know. Oh, yeah. Down, what, 21 nothing, 28 nothing at one? Oh, I mean, it, it just continued from there, but... They had to pass, and it was nice to see our guys kind of, our young edge rushers get in there. This pass rush for the Patriots, it's becoming upper half of the league. I'm not, I'm not willing to say top 10 at this point because we, we don't have that guy, you know, that, yeah. that go-to guy who requires the double team. You got to shade the center to his side, make sure there's a, a, a back going there. But Chase Winovich can make things happen. Uche was making things happen on the edge and then all the little stunts. I mean, this is once again where coaching comes in, where they're calling all these games on the inside with D-tackles, switching sides, defensive end and defensive tackle, doing their rotation, getting those different stunts, putting bad offensive lines in bad positions. And that's exactly yeah. what the Chargers have is a bad yeah. offensive line. And, and goddamn, they got shown up. Oh, yeah. Uche had a, had a game-high five pressures, and I think he only played like – 44 percent of the snaps or something like that um yeah the problem with some of these kids is in a game that's not a blowout you're not forcing them into passing situations is can you put them in the game when it's you know uh you know a tight game and and they could possibly run right um so it's pretty clear that they they've decided chase winovich can play against the run that's been a change from the first month of the season to now Mm -hmm. where uche hasn't made that transition yet that leap and this is yeah. why this is the way this team is built. We're built to get ahead early, continue to run the ball offensively, use special teams to control field position, and then force the other team into a pass-first scheme where they're going against Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, right. Devin McCourty, the whole defensive backfield. We get to put in all our sub-package rushers up front. That's how we want to play. We want to have Kyle Duggar being our number one run support player. We don't right. want we don't want to have John Simon playing off the ball middle linebacker against uh you know a twenty one personnel. So <laughs> this is exactly the roadmap for the game they need to play, and it's just about the coaching staff figuring out how do you get that early lead, how do you get that early stop, so that you can right. then play out the rest of the game like this. Because I mean I'm I'm as optimistic as they come, and I'm looking at the rest of the schedule, and it's like I'm trying to play through a Buffalo Bills game in my head. And it's like if they don't have if they don't have the lead early, then shit's gonna get away from them. And this the one team one thing this team really hasn't shown is the ability to pull out a close game in the fourth quarter outside of that Cardinals game. Mm-hmm. I mean, back back to the the defense as well. 
it wasn't just the pass rush. I mean, the coverage was phenomenal. I'm looking at, like, Keenan Allen had 11 targets, only caught five balls. Mike Williams, nine targets, only caught four. Uh, Eckler, nine targets, only caught four. Uh, Guyton had seven targets, and he only caught two. So that's, you know, that's an accuracy issue, and and it's our coverage guys making plays. Gilmore played great. This might have been Gilmore's best game of the season, I thought. Uh, yeah, he was awesome. You got Dietrich well, up front, Dietrich-wise, Adam Butler, and uh, Larry Guy killed it. I mean, like you said, we've talked about that, you know, this offensive line, the Chargers were fielding was pretty fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> There's some guys on there that I've never heard of. I don't know where they came from. Uh, a lot of people don't, and clearly they were being abused. I mean, Lawrence Guy, there was one play where he just picked the offensive lineman up and just slammed the uh, slammed the quarterback, just killed Herbert. Yeah. So um, it's great to see some of that because we've had issues at the D-tackle all season. See these guys healthy, to see Butler kind of being more of a well-rounded player, not just a passer, passing uh, pass situation type of player. So all around, I mean, if it's, it's a good thing to build off of. They need to win out. Great to see us blow someone out. No pressure after the first quarter. Like, wow, we finally just beating somebody. It's it's like the total opposite of the Houston Texans game when we couldn't get any pressure and we're just I know, which makes no sense. Yeah, but I'm looking at the uh, the left side of the Chargers line, and you know we talked about last week how how loaded they are. They could use a use that high pick on on something on the left side of that line because it is bad. Um, Storm Norton is their left tackle. Unheard Norman of. Norton. <laughs> and then, but the other side's pretty good. They got Balaga and Turner, but uh, they need to get deeper on that offensive line because, wow. Yeah. I mean, 50, 53 pass attempts, and they only had, what, 209 yards passing. That's insane. Yeah. Less than four yards per attempt. Justin Herbert comes out with a QBR of less than nine. Uh, difficult day for him. He, he has been the runaway NFL rookie of the year, and I've talked glowingly about him. We all have. Uh, so far this season, and now for the first time, his uh, rookie of the year candidacy is in jeopardy. Look, he's he's been he's been fantastic. His team is three and nine. They're three and nine, and Justin Jefferson is is putting together yeah. one of the five best rookie receiving seasons of all time. And his yeah. team is six and six. They're still in the mix. I think if they get into the playoffs and and he gets over like thirteen hundred yards, are you seriously gonna say? no to him for a quarterback on a really losing team even though it always goes to the quarterback yeah it always does I mean Herbert you know his coaching is so bad I feel like they didn't they didn't change their scheme at all basically we were just pressuring them kind of from the middle we we're just telling our D tackles to go after him and they were collapsing the pocket from the front and he didn't have anywhere to step up so he basically panicked and his coaches did nothing for him yeah, I, I was I totally like agree. seeing opportunities where we could have, they could have struck against our defense with like a screener or something a couple times, and it might have hurt us. And they just never switched it up. Yeah, they went they went empty very quickly in this game. I think after we got up fourteen nothing, they were going empty backfield when they should have been, you know, doing some kind of max protect or something because our guys were getting right through on them. I felt bad for them. I felt bad for them too, and yeah, a lot of those incompletions came from. Pressure, pressure, yeah. making, causing Aaron throws. Uh, <clears throat> I think what's so funny is that if they play a shitty game, we'll get on here and talk for like 55 minutes, be like, take apart every little piece. And then they, they go out and go up 45 nothing, reminiscent of the game 
2007 where they beat the Redskins like 52 to seven. And I can say Redskins because they were at the time. We'll talk about the football team later on, but um, <laughs> uh, they go up 45 nothing in this game, and, and it's like awesome, great. Let's move on. Uh, one one last note about this by dominating this game in the way that they did, where it was over within 35 minutes. Damian mm-hmm. Harris only winds up with 16 carries when he could have easily had 25 had this been a close game. Oh, yeah. You oh, had yeah. Jarrett Stidham in there for the fourth quarter where a lot of these, I don't think they really rested anybody on defense, but at least offensively, they rested some people, got some time off, kept them away from some extra hits, which is going to pay dividends, I think, on a short week where they stay in L.A. to play the Rams. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, totally. That was critical. Let's look at some of the other games that happened this weekend. I was, I, I thought we were going to have this magical weekend where uh, the Raiders were going to lose, the Colts were going to lose. Like, we were going to get all this help in the AFC standings. Yeah. Everything just flipped in the fourth quarter. It's like, how is Deshaun Watson fumbling the snap inside the five-yard line to win the game? Like, ah, needed that. The Jets get the most ridiculous defensive play call, which leads to the Raiders getting a Hail Mary on a play that wasn't even a Hail Mary. Who's running an out and up with 13 seconds to go from the 50-yard line? <laughs> yeah, that, so that play right there is like, I'm very scared that the NFL is eventually going to have to do what the NBA does and, and put in it like some kind of lottery. Because that, I've never seen a team, I, like, I hate the you think, defense. You think that was for you, the, you sold that it was for the, uh, he did oh, that purposely? Oh, 100%, dude. They called you. You ever play Madden and and go engage eight on the last play of the game? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what the hell were they thinking? <laughs> he does that though. <laughs> like he did that against the oh. Browns. They were saying that he did that like the series before. He's an idiot. That's Greg, a, like a three deep zone. It's so stupid. And then but everybody else blitzing. It's fucking insane, dude. That that's his shtick for the game. I'm I'm Greg Williams. I blitz. That's his shtick. Uh, and it's it is a curious time for them to to break out that play call. It cost him his job. Eventually on, yeah. on Monday he got fired. I think you just you, the backlash that came out of that. You had to fire him. Otherwise it was uh, the head coach so. is going. I, the Jets fans were pumped. I bet. The, I well, bet the they Jets were. fans that I know, all my friends were so pissed that they were winning. I was like, oh, yeah. wow. I'm sure they posted a Trevor Lawrence picture. Hell really is on earth. They are yeah. voting for their team they, to lose. I heard uh, Felger on the radio this week talking about how they were going to get cursed by just like karma because of the shit they're doing. I agree with them. Yeah. I agree Dude, with I mean, that. it hasn't worked out with Darnold. Is they've had multiple quarterbacks over the years they picked high. Sanchez, Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the other one? They've had a few. They're all garbage. I wonder if they could possibly ruin Trevor Lawrence. Probably. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him. I tell you what the what the karma's going to be. Trevor Lawrence says, I'm not playing for the Jets. Done and done. <laughs> yeah, right? He's like, I'm not going there. You guys just tanked for no, for me. See you later. Yeah. He done. should. He really, really should. They'll still get uh, Justin Fields or one of these other guys. We'll see. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> we'll see later on this year when we play the Jets and we really look closely at that roster. It's embarrassing. All over that roster, it's embarrassing. Oh, it's 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 real bad, real real bad. <laughs> uh, their yeah. their competitor for the number one overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars, move on to Mike Glennon at quarterback, and very nearly take up, take out the Minnesota Vikings with the aforementioned star Justin Jefferson. Yeah. 
goes all the way to overtime, and they sneak one out, the Vikings do. Dan Bailey missed at least two, if not three, kicks in this game. They, they get all the way inside the five-yard line. They're like, fuck it. We don't trust them. Keep running it. <laughs> oh. All the way down. They end up getting a false start penalty from the one. They kicked it from the six. And luckily, he was able to knock in a high school-length extra point. Uh, but the Jaguars yeah. and the Jets fighting it out for last place. Jets are going to win. Yeah, I don't see how the Jets could lose at this point. I mean, they, they seem pretty committed, don't they? Uh, they, yeah, they're definitely not putting their the coaches. I will give you are definitely not putting their players at position of win. Like they're not going out there with any, oh. you know, they're not getting any favors from their coaching staff. I'll tell you that. I'll definitely agree with you there. They're basically talentless, and they're they're working their asses off and trying their hardest to win games. And then the coaches are just like, <laughs> like relax. We're yeah. trying to get Lawrence in here. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> oh, it's insane. <laughs> Knock it off. If you don't lose this, we'll lose it for you. Yeah. There you go. Like I, I just envisioned the defensive captain for the Jets being like, no, we're not running that play. I know you just called that, but no, we're not doing that. Like, yeah. That's ludicrous. You out of your mind? Especially after yeah. this. Like, several players came out and were like, yeah, there are at least one guy. Like, Greg Willis, our defensive coordinator, should have put us in a better position. Pretty much said that. Duh. Duh. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, yep. The prevent defense is one thing, and I hate that because you always concede so many yards doing that. Yeah, but, like, they got to go to the end zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, 13 we're, seconds. We're blitzing. How many guys they blitz? Seven or eight? Seven. I mean, way too many. Yeah, way too many, dude. I don't understand. Don't understand either. Uh, let, let's go through some of these other games. The Lions score 14 points late to take, take down the Bears, who had a 10-point lead late in the fourth quarter. Mitchell Trubisky doing Mitchell Trubisky things. Uh, once again, it, it begs the question, should they just start Trubisky and then bring in Nick Foles like halfway through the third quarter? I, I think that's that's the route. That's where yeah, Nick Foles I mean, is best. Yeah, you're right. What are they, five and seven? I, I mean, they have a legitimate chance to, to make a run. I think the, the, the seventh team is six and six right now, so they're only one game out of the playoffs. I mean, a bad... I think Foles is a better quarterback, but... They just been yeah, playing football for the first time in a while. Falling apart over there. The best game that we were looking at ahead of time was the Browns going into Tennessee, play the Titans. Two teams play basically the exact same offense. Power yeah. run game, play action pass. Uh, Titans have a terrible defense. It's just terrible. Uh, but the Browns have an okay defense who's got a couple stars at the pass rush positions. And right away, this thing gets away from them. I mean, they, they get a turnover. Well, the Browns score early. They get the turnover, turn that into a touchdown. Derrick Henry fumbles right after that, get another <laughs> touchdown, and it's just a runaway in the first half. I oh, think it was a joke. Baker had like four touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like 38 to nothing. They I, were I changed the channel. Field. I started watching uh, Rams and Saints. Yeah, I, I moved well, on, too. Well, <laughs> Tennessee came roaring all the way back and made it a yeah. six-point game. Yeah, crazy. And then uh, Vegas, I mean, I can't believe Vegas did take that game. They, there was no t- clock on the top. Uh, no clock left. Was there five seconds left? I, I was celebrating. There was 13 seconds left. I was celebrating uh, as, as soon as... Vegas to lose. I know you mentioned it already, but it's just... I know, we need it. There's a... Yeah, let's... Let, we could just jump into the standings right now. The The Patriots sit there at 6-6. Six and six. They're like 10th or 11th in the conference. Uh, where you got you, you got a bunch of teams ahead of them. The Ravens are ahead after they just got their victory last night against the Cowboys. We're recording this on Wednesday. 
Uh, they're at seven and five. The Raiders also seven and five. Colts, Dolphins, Browns. So there's five teams ahead of us for a three wild card spots. Good news is we have the tiebreaker over the Ravens because we beat them. Tiebreaker over the Raiders because we beat them. Uh, if we can beat the Dolphins again, which is it just it has to happen for us to make the playoffs. Yep. Then we would have the tiebreaker over the Dolphins by beating them twice in the same season. Uh, and we're just we're not going to catch the Browns. Browns are nine and three. You know they they're they're going to get to at least ten or eleven wins this season. So they're, they're never know. We're not going to we're not going to overtake them. <laughs> Let's stop mm-hmm. worrying about the Browns. They're going to be. I'm not worrying about them, but I feel like every time everyone's like, you know what, the Browns are actually all right. They're going to be good. They're going to do something. It never happens. They go back into the I old. Just- brownie situation and fall apart so they look good i'll give it to you but i don't know i'm not sold that they're gonna not drop three here this is a big game this week with them and the ravens um i could see i could see the dolphins blowing it but the colts i mean we we need right now it's the dolphins and the colts that we could possibly catch they're two games ahead of us um, the Ravens and the raiders are one game ahead of us but we have the tiebreaker in both of those so we need to win I would say at least three of our next four games to even have a remote chance, and it's pretty slim. It's we gotta pretty win slim. Out. Uh, I yeah. think we got. We basically, out. yeah. We could definitely make it at nine and seven. It could happen. There's a chance, but I mean, if you win out, you're in. You're pretty much in. One of the things right? to to consider is the uh, with the new playoff structure, only one team is getting the first round by. Now, luckily, okay. the um, I mean, luckily for the seven seed. That, that number two seed was going to be the Chiefs. The Steelers lose to the football team. Talk about that in a sec. But um, the Steelers and Chiefs are now tied at the top of the conference, where I, I don't know about you guys, but if you're the seventh seed, I'd much rather play the Steelers than the Chiefs in the first round. You think so? Oh, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Rather play the Chiefs. I'd rather play the Steelers. Uh, so I was looking at it before that game uh-huh. happened and being like, oh, shoot, the Patriots really need to get the sixth seed if they want to have any chance. Uh, in which case, I think ten and six, you got a chance at the six seed. Nine and seven, you got a chance at the seven seed. Either way, you need help, and you need somebody like the Ravens to lose a game they shouldn't lose. You need the Raiders to lose a game, and then we need to take care of business against the Dolphins and elsewhere. It's a struggle. Ram. The Rams. The Rams. None of these teams look unbeatable, though. Even the Steelers don't look. The Steelers and the Chiefs don't look unbeatable. I mean, no. on their day, the Chiefs. I mean, they're getting a lot of breaks and. Tyree Kill, I don't understand the rest of the league. It's like they don't want to cover him, you know? They don't um, respect his speed. They're like, oh, he's not the fastest guy in the league. It's okay. Actually, no, he is, and he catches things. He outjumps people, too. So maybe you want to double cover him, and then they're out of the game. I don't understand. I don't get that. The rest of their offense, it's Kelsey, and it's, you know, um, Hill. That's The other guys are fast, but I they really don't take – they haven't really taken over the games. You know what I mean? When yeah. People have got and to then, them. That's when they do well. And then on the Steelers, like, they're a pretty pass-heavy team. You know, I'm not really that concerned about their run. Um, their defense is good, but I, just, I don't know. I feel like they're beatable. They should have yeah. – uh, well, I'm, I'm so glad they lost this week because they deserve to lose. They should have kicked that field goal. They would have won that game. That was um, ridiculous. Fourth and one, let's throw a deep fade with, you know, 17-17 is what, two minutes left in the game? Why That's- are you – why are you going for that, man? Just kick the field goal. You're ahead. You play good defense. You have one of the best defenses in the league. 
you put it on your defense and you win the game. Right. You know? They, Big Ben, they put in double tight, two receivers set, empty backfield. It's like, and then they threw the, that fade, whatever that route was. Ben should have just fallen fucking forward. Just he, dive he, forward. He doesn't QB sneak. I know he doesn't QB six, sneak. Six, but like, six, seven, 300 pounds. He's got to be 300 pounds, that dude. When I saw that it's formation... Huge. You know they're you know they're gonna th- especially like you just said he's not gonna run it they put it empty backfield so it's like oh they're gonna throw it but they have no one in there to throw it to there's not what's even a going threat on? To run yeah it's there's like not even what a threat. what's happening here this is for the game are you guys serious who's making this call <laughs> not only is it empty backfield they're in shotgun so the yeah. the, the possibility the of them yeah. sneaking is is, is out ridiculous. the window too he's not Cam Newton so it's not gonna happen yeah ridiculous oh. play call. They've got they've got big struggles with third and one, fourth and one. I, I'm sure you saw that that stat that got flashed during the game where they've like tried the most fourth and ones and they have the worst percentage of teams that that have tried above a certain threshold. Where it's like Ben Roethlisberger doesn't QB sneak, Philip Rivers doesn't QB sneak. It's the best short yardage play you can have. Exhibit A: the two quarterbacks who've played for the Patriots over the last ten years, Brady and Cam yeah. Newton, tremendous QB sneaks. Uh, said that it's going to continue to be a problem for them. James Conner didn't play on Monday. The leading rusher in that game, I just have an overview pulled up here, Peyton Barber, the Washington football team running back, 23 yards, the leading rusher in that game. How does the football team beat the undefeated Steelers with a 23-yard leading rusher? How does that happen? Alex Smith is not good. What did McLovin do? (laughs) McLovin must have killed it. Uh, they got they got a couple players though, man. I like that kid McLaurin from Ohio State uh, defense. They got some. They have a really good defensive line actually. Um, like everybody from Alabama, they've been drafting, and then Chase Young. So mm-hmm. they got a decent team. I've I've been watching them the last two weeks, and I'm really enjoying watching them. Alex Smith is nice too. I wish I wish we could get him next year as a nice little stopgap. Yeah, he's all right. He's been play. He played. I can't believe he's out there with that injury. So. More power to them. Uh, football team, they got a chance. They got a chance at the playoffs at that division. It's pretty insane, but, I mean, they have as good of a chance as anyone else in that division. It's right. Incredible. That division's been flipped upside down. So there was a, a number one upset of the weekend before that Steelers loss, and that was the, the leader in the NFC East. Oh, Giants. right. Yeah. Giants take down the Seahawks in a game nobody saw coming. Nobody. Uh, the Giants' defense played lights out. Twelve. They only let up twelve points to Seattle, and they were missing a few players in the defensive line. One of you know, I have a friend that's a huge Giants fan, and he was like, "Oh my God, Seattle's offense is going to have a field day with what we're fielding." And nope, they came out and shut down Seattle. Probably the most, well, arguably with Kansas City, the most explosive offense right now. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, fig- figure that out. Seattle had a commanding lead in the NFC West. And uh, that has dwindled all the way to the point where they're sitting sitting behind the Rams right now. And uh, that the, the Rams took care of business in Arizona against the Cardinals on a fresh field, not to be confused with that sloppy mess that the, the Bills and Niners were playing on last night. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the Rams put up 38 points against the Cardinals. They, they get a 10-point win there. And they've they've taken control over that division because the, the Seahawks have no defense, and the Rams are a really really balanced team, which yeah. is gonna be a problem for the Patriots, uh, who are facing the Rams here on Thursday night. Let me just give you a couple numbers. The Rams are third in total offense. This is NFL wise, 
NFL wide, not not just in their conference. Third sure. overall total offense, second overall in total defense. They are top ten in passing offense, defense, run offense, defense. That's as balanced yeah, as that's it awesome. gets. Wow. Yeah, they're a good team. They're they, starting to play Acres at, at the running back as well. They got multiple backs. Good. They got they got two top notch receivers and Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Offensive line, which I thought was going to be a big issue for them after losing Whitworth, they've they've been able to to manage that and cover it up. Uh, Goff's been a bit up and down, game here, game there, but they they got the the coaching staff, particularly offensive coaching staff, and then defensively, they got some studs. I mean, they they subscribe to the top heavy view of roster building, and so far it's freaking working. Yeah, they got a bunch of good players, man. Um, Jordan Fuller, I think he's a rookie. Uh, Virginia Tech, I want to say. Jalen Ramsey is a good corner. Obviously, Aaron Donald, for me, is the most dominant defensive player in the league. Uh, yeah. Leonard Floyd, Taylor Rapp, safety from Washington. They got some good players, man. Michael Brockers uh, can play. Yeah, yeah, they're good pretty much everywhere. They're solid everywhere. One thing I would say for the Patriots, they are obsessed with throwing to those two receivers. Um, and that, I mean, it should play into your into your hands, but... We'll see, man. We got to stop the run first because we've seen when the Patriots can't stop the run, man. It's like the fucking nightmare. And everything, everything the Rams do offensively is built off running to the edge. It's all about can we run? It's not even off tackle. It's like beyond that. It's they they want those jet sweeps. They they're not a big toss team, but big long stretch runs, and they just they want to get outside the shoulder of your defensive end and. That's been a problem for us at different times. And, and you can remember back to the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl where we switched to that six-man front and was like, screw it, man. We're just going to have everybody at the line of scrimmage. And that way you can't get outside of us. You can get deep like you can get to right. that second level, uh, and we're just going to count on somebody to clean it up at that point. We don't have the linebacker to clean it up. I think I'd trust Adrian Phillips or Kyle Duggar as our number one tackler in the 6-1 alignment. But yeah, that that's what it's gonna come come down to defensively is can can you stop stop those edge runs? And quite honestly, I'm not sure they can. Yeah, I mean that's definitely gonna have to be the point of emphasis um, for us on defense. Uh, you know, this is I feel like every game from here on out is a playoff game that we play. So they know that going in there. I feel like them being in San Diego, uh, I'm sorry, in LA because we just played the Chargers and they stayed there, so they don't have to deal with the short week travel. They're kind of settled into a routine there. I heard the Chargers, or I'm sorry, the Chargers screwed that up a lot. The Rams, uh, the Rams were pissed about that when the schedule came out, that they were back-to-back because of the, you know, they're losing that advantage. That was a rumor out there that I heard that. I was like, yep, good, screw them. So, you know, uh we beat him before. I think McVeigh gets very uh, – he kind of shits him, his pants a little bit with Belichick there. I feel like that kind of happened during the Super Bowl. He kind of just, like, got freaked out. And you saw I saw him on the camera, and he the, it was like the moment was too much for him. He couldn't believe he was coaching against Bill Belichick or something like that because he kind of didn't change things up in that game, and he's noticed, you know, used – known for being someone that can kind of switch things on the fly, does good in game adjustments. So I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's a tall, tall glass of water there for him to drink. But <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think they can, uh, I think they can do it. I think, I think they can do it. It's a tough matchup for us. I mean, usually 
if a team has one weakness, we can kind of pick on that. But this team's pretty decent everywhere. The one right. thing I would say is that they have lost to two other AFC East teams, so maybe there's some unfamiliar unfamiliarity there, and we could kind of uh, catch them off guard with some things. I, I like the direct snap to Harris and hope we continue to kind of do some different things to keep the opponent from keying on because for a while there it was really predictable. Um so, and then maybe we can get a couple plays from special teams. I think we need to kind of count on that kind of thing in order to win games from now on, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully our special teams can make some plays, and um, if we can stop the run, I think we have a legitimate chance. Yeah, that's one of those things. We, we haven't had over 100 yards passing in a game in about a month. Uh, the, the way that this team is going to win is by winning all the side things. You need to win the special teams battle. You need to win the turnover margin. You need to win the penalty uh, exchange between the two teams you need to win all of those in addition to playing your game and being successful at it which which means being able to establish the run offensively and put them in a pass for a situation defensively uh, it's it's a tight rope to walk in order for this mm. team to win against other good teams and I think defensively they can build off of what the what the Dolphins were able to do you know Brian Flores is running the defense in Miami. He's basically the defensive coordinator as well as the head coach, where Chan Gailey's running the entire offense. It's kind of the the opposite of what Sean McVay has ton, done in L.A., where he was like, mm-hmm. let me hire Wade Phillips. You just you do the defense, I'll do the offense, I'll also be the head coach. So the, the point being on that is that Brian Flores designed the defense that beat the Rams in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. He designed the defense again in Miami that beat the Rams and made them look silly earlier this year. And yep. that, that's a guy who got all of his, his principles from Belichick and from working on the staff. So I feel like they can recreate that, at least in scheme. It's just a question of do they have the players to be able to do it, and maybe they're just right. going to have to ask these guys to fill roles, to fill like a Kyle Van Noy role, and be like, hey, Chase, Winovich, can you step up and do the, this Kyle Van Noy role that we need in this game plan? So I think defensively, mm-hmm. they have a chance there. Offensively... Aaron Donald is a goddamn game wrecker, and I don't know what the hell you're going to be able to do about him. I know our offensive line, particularly the interior, has been a strength so far this season. We're not going to see Isaiah win in this game, so we're still going to be dealing with the backup left tackle. Just like, ah, he's just such a problem. And you have to, I don't know what you do. They do move him around, too, when especially when teams start to key on him. Um, I would assume you'd put Andrews and either Tooney or, or, and Mason on him, but they have been known to move him around to the edges, uh, and he's just as dip, disruptive uh, from there. Uh, you mentioned something about how we're winning games, and it's it's totally true. I think I said it after the Ravens game. It's a difficult way to win games, and, and to yeah. count on that to win games, it's, you know, you're relying on a lot of different things going right. Um, one mistake, and it's all out the window. So, you know, I could see him putting this together but it's got to be perfect you know as a yeah margin of error i mean they yeah. lost you know like you said granny uh flores figured out a game plan for them and sam fran did too because they beat them twice and Goff really didn't play well in either of those games and you know they just lost two weeks ago to san fran against the nick mullins led san francisco 49ers so um you know they don't have a lot they usually have a lot of personnel on defense they don't really now have a lot of big names. I mean, I know they kicked the shit out of us, too, the 49ers, that is. So is the game, what my point is, is, the roadmap's out there, like you said. Like, you know what to do. It's a matter of personnel. I think 
we have the personnel on defense as well. Uh, offensively, you know, if we can, our run game's tough to deal with. And if you can build off the wrinkles you threw into it versus the Chargers, uh, I think you could see them break some things wide open there. Because if they can start getting interesting with the run game and, you know, because Cam really, as we've talked about, can't really throw it that well. So if they're like, okay, you know, we've accepted that you can only throw certain passes. So we'll stick to that and we're going to really focus on you running the ball and, you know, figuring out things with the, the running backs. And if we can progress with that, I think we got a good shot. We got a shot. We got a shot. And that's, that's a lot more than some, some teams can say that are in this really like five and seven, six and six range. If you're the Bears, uh, mo- a, a lot of if you're gonna play a division winner, you're you're probably a division leader. You you probably don't have a shot. Like I know that the Bears would have a shot against the Rams, a bad example. But if they were playing the Bills, if they're playing the Chiefs, if they're playing the Saints, anybody, they they don't have a shot. Whereas the Patriots, by by virtue of the coaching staff, by virtue of the strengths that they have around the quarterback position and basically around the passing offense they have a shot in all these games if they play their cards exactly right. But that's the problem is they need to play them perfectly. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm going to pick the Patriots to win this game because I, I do think Belichick's going to win the coaching battle. I think that when you can make Jared Goff uncomfortable, the whole offense can go out the window in a way that, uh, you know, he's, exactly. he's very feast or famine in that regard. Um, which is why a lot of people view him as a mediocre quarterback. And I think Belichick will be able to do that with the established game plans that have worked against them. And then I think it's just going to be like a slugfest. I just think it's going to be like a punch-out battle, and we're going to see a bunch of tight ends. We're going to see just a a bunch of running Mm -hmm. backs going in there, a lot of Jakob, a lot of Jakob in this game. And uh, I'm going to take the Patriots 17-16. Very nice, very nice. Um yeah, I definitely agree with you on a lot of that, I, especially that it's going to kind of be a dog fight, and I kind of hope it is because our team seems to be play better in a dog fight. They are physical. They've got some physical guys up there, not the most talented, but they hit, so that's good. comes down to that. I think we should win, like you said, Goff at times when he's comfortable. He There's a couple games he picked people apart this year. But, you know, against the Niners, the Dolphins, they unsettled the run. They unsettled him. And he falls apart. He's a different player when he's when he's rattled. So I think we take it. I'm gonna go 27-20 with us hopefully having a steadily steady lead the whole time. Oh boy, it's a tough task. Um, two weeks on the road out there. I think the Patriots have kind of bonded out there. Uh, they're saying all the right things. They seem to be playing well. Coming off of 45 to nothing, I'm gonna take the Pats 23-20. Close one. All right, all right. Oh yeah, how about that? Um, let's, let's look at some of these other games this weekend, at least first from a Patriots lens. We look inside the division where the AFC East has a monster of a weekend right here. Kansas Mm -hmm. city playing the dolphins, Steelers playing the bills, Rams playing the Patriots. Obviously nobody gives a shit about the jets. Uh, three really difficult (laughs) matchups argue that the two top teams in the AFC are playing our division rivals in the bills and dolphins. It bodes really well for us, but we can get a win this week and pick up a game on them, both of which, I mean, we see both of those teams further on in the schedule. I mean, that would be a huge boon for us if we could pick up a game on both the Dolphins and the Bills. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it seems like we're, we're right in the mix. 
if we could just get a couple breaks, a couple things to happen for us, definitely we need the Dolphins to lose. Um, the Dolphins are the team I'm looking at as the team that we could possibly replace. I don't think the Colts are going to lose more than two games in their next few. So, well, uh, we got a big yeah. one with them. The Colts in Vegas are playing at 405. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's a that's a win-win for us. Whoever loses will help us out. Yeah. Yeah, that that's huge. And I was looking at that and I'm not sure, I'm really not sure who I want to lose that game. Yeah. Cuz the, well, the Raiders the Raiders could lose to any team. They could lose to the Broncos. Anyone. Exactly. That's why I, I I want the Colts to lose because I like the Raiders a lot better than the Colts. Anyways, yeah. Through the Colts, bring them down. <laughs> I want the Browns to win and yes. then I want the I want the Raiders to win. And that way, I think there's a lot more there's a lot more outs for us to get in the following week or, or at least get closer to the following week. I think there's a lot more opportunities and, and possibilities if that happens. I think you might be right there. Definitely, we want the Browns to beat the Ravens, and that way we leapfrog the Ravens in the standings, uh, assuming the Patriots win. And then uh, I guess this might come into a diff- couple different lenses. If the Patriots lose in this game, then they max out at a 9-7 and seven possibility in which case, we need Miami to tank horribly. We need to win out, obviously, after that to get to 9-7. and seven. And then we need to leapfrog both the Raiders and, and the Ravens in a way that I don't know yeah. if we're going to be able to get there with the Colts because we won't have the head-to-head tiebreaker. So I think right. if the Patriots lose, we definitely want the Raiders and Ravens to both lose. Final if, answer. If, nice. if nice. the Dolphins and Colts both lose, we're only one game back from four different teams and Bunch three of, of those teams we could potentially have the tiebreaker with. Right. Yep. Which is really interesting scenario. Oh yeah. It's all boiling down to some good stuff. And anything is possible. Belichick, coach of the year. Put him up that, there I again. Mean, I wouldn't bet against it. With this feeble passing attack, I think it's uh I think it's one of his best coaching jobs. Depending on how it finishes. Right. Right. But I mean at this point to be six and six with with this team, I mean, it's a whole new identity, yeah. And it's a lot of kids mixed with some shitty players, you know, some yeah. shitty older players. And uh, I'd like to see it happen. I think it'd be pretty cool at this point. I think it'd be fun to watch. I don't mind the '60s offense as much as I mean, some people don't like it. I, I kind of like it. I think it's funny as hell that it's you know 2020 and Bill's like, oh yeah, y'all think that's the only way to do it? I'm gonna do it. This is what we got. So this is how we're gonna do it. Um, you know, I think, yeah, they're six and six. They could be better They're. I feel like if Brady was still here, this would definitely be, you know, a couple more win team. I think we would have been closer to the Patriots again as in, you know, terms of being feared and that respect and all that good stuff. But yeah, crazy, crazy, uh, week in football so far. And just because the standings are the way they are, like you said, next mm-hmm. week, these things are going to come out. There could be four way tie for, the last couple seeds in the playoffs in uh, our conference. So that only means next week's going to even be more interesting. And the week after that's going to be interesting as fuck. So it's cool to see that it's uh, rounding out to pretty, pretty cool territory here. Playoff wise. I think uh, a couple kind of positives from last week as well, just from an individual standpoint was uh Nikhil Harry got a, a touchdown. He only yeah. had three targets, two catches, I mean, in this offense, I don't know what people are expecting from like the guys that were picked around him. I don't, I don't know what they're they're not going to get the AJ Brown and D 
DK Metcalf numbers, but they continue to make those comparisons. Um, I don't think it's fair, but he should be doing better than he is. I'll give you that. The other thing I want to mention quickly is Dalton Keene got, I think, 25, 24 snaps. So that's yep, kind of, uh, yep. I mean, we couldn't be worse at tight end. So if we can get any kind of new blood in here, I think that's uh, something to look forward to. Get the kids involved. Yeah, Ryan Izzo is one of the 14 Patriots who are questionable for this game tomorrow night. So opportunities abound for some, some new tight ends to get, get some playing time. Uh, good call on Nikhil Harry. That was a great catch in traffic. I think a, a, a lot of what helps him out is if you have those bang-bang plays where he can't think about it, where the ball's not floating up there, where he's not running around by himself. Uh, right. I, think, I think he does a lot better uh, with those Un, you just you you don't have time to think. Just you just act, and it's know, it's too early to call him. It's yeah. too early to call him a bust, right? Don't, don't you it's think? Two years. Two years is too early. Next year, yeah. I would I would call him if he looks like this next year. Then yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And he looked good. Uh, the rest of the guys kind of looked good with Stidham in there too. We didn't really mention that, but Stidham got in the game for a couple plays through a touchdown. Look at yeah. Stidham. No pick six in this outing. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Get him in there. The defense had pretty much quit at that point. So, But, yeah, he made a good read. He's got a good arm. It's a matter of, I think, the other things, the intangibles about that dude. You know, does he yeah. want to win? Is he competitive? Does he care to be out there? We don't know. We really don't know. Can he step up to the moment? But Pats come off a 45 nothing win. Their playoff hopes are very much alive. They need help. But it's going to be one heck of a December as everything shakes out and we get to root for and against all these different teams uh, from a Patriots perspective as well as, uh, you know, just what teams are you with. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week to go- talk about what the heck happened in Week 14 in the NFL. Thanks for listening. Later. Adios.